Hi guys, uh, welcome back to Almost Grown. I'm your host, Miranda Zanka, and this week, as you can probably tell from the title, we are talking about eating disorders. Um, so I just wanted to give a, a quick trigger warning, but I think Meditu said everything I wanted to say, but better than I can. Um, so I think it's important to keep in mind that these things can be triggering for you. So if you do want to like listen to this podcast or whatever, just make sure you're in the right place to do so. Like maybe if you don't know if you should watch it alone, talk to a friend while you're listening because um, you want to be in the right headspace because some of this stuff can really kind of trigger a person. And uh, people that are listening to this, I don't know if you know me, but just know that like you can always reach out because I don't know, I'm here. isn't she just a peach jesus love her anyway um but yeah before we go on guys please make sure you're comfortable listening and if you're not don't hesitate to skip this episode i promise i won't be upset i want what's best for you um yeah but okay so with all that said um i i just have to acknowledge that there will never be a good time or place to discuss this topic, and unfortunately, it's just not easy to hear about, it's not easy to talk about, um, but that's why I wanted to do this episode. Millions of teenagers in the U.S. struggle with eating disorders each year, and it still seems like our, our kind of, like, older authority figure people who are supposed to be giving us advice, um, don't really talk to us about the dangers of this disease. Like, you might watch some horrible video from like the early 2000s in your health class in like middle school or freshman year and then you kind of never really talk about it again um but i i really don't think that's where the discussion should like start and end i really think that um like it's important to hear about it from your peers and so that's why i wanted to talk to other teenagers about this um so yeah, eating disorders are, are defined as a physiological disorder and they're characterized by habitual and abnormal eating habits, but they really are so much more complex than that. They're mental health conditions and like any other mental health condition, there's, there's no one way to kind of define it or characterize it because um, it affects each person a little differently. And this past week, I was able to talk to three people my age, our age, um, about what they went through with their eating disorders and learn a little bit more about their individual experiences. And first, I talked to um, Meditu, back with us again. She's the best. Here she is. Yeah. My name is Meditu. I'm 17 and my pronouns are she, her. Okay, so we're just going to dive right in. Um, How old were you, if you can remember, like when you first sort of became conscious of the way you looked? Um, And is there anything kind of specific you remember about like sort of becoming conscious of your body image and things like that? I think I was like really young. I think I was almost like 10. Um, I for like a really long time was what would be considered like skinny and underweight. And once I started like puberty, I kind of gained like a lot of puberty weight and I wasn't really able to lose that for a really long time. So then I like became really conscious of my self image and I'd like compare myself to people a lot and like hearing about it from like family. Cause like you're young and then they're like, they feel the need to like comment on stuff like that. So that's when I was kind of like, when people started commenting on it and when I started like seeing it in the mirror was when I was like, Hey, I don't look like everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Um, how would you say was your body image been uh, impacted by by like people around you and also the media? I think it's made me a lot more conscious of my looks. Like knowing that I don't fit like the beauty standard, kind of like um, le- like feeds into my insecurities. And like beauty standards are like they're dumb anyway. Like like barely anyone meets them and they change like from country to country or like whatever region you're in in time period so it's dumb that I feel the way that I do but like my feelings are what they are so yeah exactly they're still valid they're still feelings 100 percent um and then how would you describe your relationship to food and like has it changed over time and like how has it changed yeah, so my relationship with food, I just kind of ate what everyone else ate for a really long time until, like, my mom kind of started taking notice of the way that I looked, and she felt the need to, like, 
put me not like on, put me on diets basically and like have like an exercise regime for me and I like was supposed to eat really healthy and it kind of made me look at like foods that weren't healthy more negatively and I didn't realize what could be like qualified as an eating disorder was an easy like an eating disorder for me until I was like in seventh and eighth grade and like you know tumblr was a thing and then there was like pro anna stuff it was all really like I don't know kind of eye-opening to what I was like going through I guess yeah yeah so what I guess what were influences in your life that kind of made you start having these habits of like restricting or paying too much attention um to like what you're eating and yeah just that unhealthy relationship I think it was mostly like commentary of others because when you're young you don't realize anything is wrong with your body until you like someone points it out do you see something that makes you question the way that you look and once people kind of mentioned it I noticed it myself and then that's when I started caring a lot more than I probably should have which kind of led to like bad habits and I was like really on top of like looking at what I ate and counting calories and I thought oh it's just a diet like this is how it's supposed to work but that's not how it's supposed to work. You sort of touched on this but like when did you realize when did you start to kind of like figure it out like oh this is unhealthy? I think I was like in eighth grade because it was like right before high school and all my friends like we're all on tumblr tumblr's kind of like in that like that time period was like a really bad time to be on it because there was like thin spell posts everywhere and it was like everyone was idolizing these bodies and I didn't look like these bodies and like all my friends were skinny and everyone else around me looked a certain way so I was like and then I noticed what I was doing fit like all these posts and I was like well maybe I'm doing something right because these people are like praising it so god yeah yeah Fuck. Um, how would you describe the sort of mindset that you have when you have a bad relationship with food, when you have an eating disorder? I think I felt like almost guilty sometimes. Like I felt like I knew what I was doing was wrong. Like I knew I shouldn't have been restricting, but it was like the feeling of like, I like this might be triggering for some people, but that feeling of like being hungry was almost addicting because it meant that something was going right and then eventually your body like builds a tolerance to like not eating so then you like crave that feeling again so you end up eating less and less to the point where you're like your body's not doing what it should and you're like struggling so like obviously I knew what I was doing was wrong but it felt good so like whenever I ate food I would feel like guilty and stuff yeah yeah um and then what were the effects that you found an eating disorder kind of had on you that you didn't expect or wouldn't have thought about normally I'm like really like chill I you can't like irritate me easily but I noticed I became a lot more irritable and like a lot more sensitive to what people had to say or like when I had to do things I kind of like pushed them off and I wasn't like I didn't I just didn't want to do anything and there are like physical effects I mean I didn't really experience too many physical effects but I know for like some girls it like causes infertility and stuff like that and like like your hair starts thinning and all that stuff yeah yeah um and then have you recovered um or like are you are you kind of on the path to recovery and what's it been like I think I am in recovery. I feel like recovery isn't something you do once and it's just over. It's kind of like a constant thing where you have to like kind of keep up with it. It's almost like a lifestyle. So I think I have gotten better, especially these past couple months. But I think for anything, when you're like working on something, there's always like a long way to go. It's a work in progress. So I do notice that a lot of my habits are getting better and I like am like happy about that. But there are some days when it's just like, ugh, you know? yeah yeah um what is something you would want to say to somebody who's like currently struggling with an eating disorder or just a piece of advice that you would want to give i think it's important to keep in mind that you're not alone as cliche as it sounds like eating disorders and anything like it affects anybody like age and gender or like gender expression sexual and none of that matters it's like about you and your body image and like in our age group specifically like so many people are affected by it and you shouldn't feel bad for wanting to reach out and you shouldn't feel alone and I know it's like so cliche and I hate saying it but it's true and like I don't know the two of us like talking right now and both of us like kind of sharing an experience shows that like there's always someone out there there are support groups and like hotlines or anything if you need them 
So I think it's important to keep in mind that like, this is like, I don't want to say a universal experience, but like people go through this all the time. So you're not alone. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a good one. Um, and then finally, just because it's, it's a, you know, a difficult topic. Um, yeah. And it can be easy to forget about things that you love about yourself. What are just like three things that you really appreciate about yourself? Uh, um, I think I appreciate my like ability to empathize with others. Um, like personality wise, I think I do a good job of like kind of being as nice to people as I can because you really don't know what people are going through physically. I kind of like my hair. I have a love-hate relationship with my hair. Like, I have natural hair. That's hard to take care of. But there are times when I'll look at it and I'll be like, huh, she's kind of cute. <laughs> and, and then I'm like empathize, but like relate to people in like the way that like if, or like giving advice. Like if someone asks for advice, I think I'm pretty good at giving it. But yeah, those are three things. Yeah, I, I love all those things about you. They're amazing. And yeah, like you said, I, I just really appreciate that you are willing to be like part of this conversation and share, like realize that it's such a, like, like you said, like a universal thing. I can't tell you how much love I have for Maditu. Um, also, she really does have great hair. Uh, so yeah, thanks Maditu. Um, but next, I talk to the lesser-known teenage male who's been affected by an eating disorder. So, for privacy, I'm just going to keep his name anonymous. Okay, clap. That's the audio signal to go in. Miranda's podcast, Eating Disorders. Go! There we go. Ask your question. Um, how old were you when you first became conscious of how you looked? Um, and is there an event that you remember specifically about becoming, like, body conscious? Um, okay, this is a good question. Uh, very young. So, essentially, I, there's a lot of weird eating habits within my family. And I've always kind of been surrounded with this notion around food that it's, it's not, um, it's, it's a comfort thing. And it just kind of is how it happens. Like your body just reacts to it, however way it reacts to it. And then you look like you look like, um, and that's, you know, it's not very toxic thing. It's never been really a toxic thing. It's just kind of been how it is. Like it's never been like a thing about fixing anything. It's kind of just been a thing about, you know, how I felt with it. It's, um, I've never looked at my body and be like, Oh, but it's not, like the consciousness of a body thing was never it was always a thing it was always like this is who like looking in real like, that's me it's always just how it's been so like it's not an unhealthy thing it's more just like you know self-criticism but not in a bad way just like oh it's there so i'd say like nine or ten i'd say i started like actually thinking of myself as a person what would you say has affected your um image of yourself it's kind of tangential to how I, what I'm doing really. Um, I, I, my self image is really based off just like, am I productive? Not am I productive, but am I doing something that's fulfilling? Um, you know, did I do something today that, you know, makes a little more than nothing? Um, I, I think the thing is that gets, it, it's, it gets crossed up, I think, for me, which is different than other people's experience with this issue, is that it's never been, a, a reaction to my body image type thing mm -hmm. um it's never been like i need to fix that or i need to fix this or i need to have less weight there or i have to have less fat there i should be more muscular there um i, I think that's something that a lot of men have perfecting your body or whatever being like perfect or that stuff i think that's awesome in a recreational way but it does get into people's heads mm -hmm. yeah so how would you describe your relationship with food? Um, I'd either say it as, so I have one, so it's either I'm an athlete with it and that's, you know, the healthiest relationship where I eat just because I have to. Um, metabolism is really fast, so I lose weight really quickly if I'm not like force feeding. So a particular experience I had over the summer was I was working out um, for six to eight hours a day 
this summer I was like force feeding in an unhealthy way. Like it became a chore to eat. Um, I hated it. You'd sit down with like a giant plate of food, um, like potatoes, tons of eggs, tons of spinach, tons of like ground beef or whatever. And you'd stare at it. It's in this huge plate and you're just like, I, I don't want to eat it. <laughs> and you force it down and you eat it. But you know, it sucks in the moment, but like the next day when I am doing something athletic again, then I'm able to do what I need to do and like actually perform. It's, it's a good feeling that like that was worth it. Um, other times I'm, it's a more personal relationship. I, I, I go between binging, like eating tons of food and just not eating for a while. Um, as someone who also like has to use stimulants in order to be productive a lot of the time. And I know that they have issues with, you know, ADD or medication or anything outside of that. When, when you're not able to eat or you're not able to feel hungry because of what you are on, it's kind of a scary feeling for a lot of people. Um, I think one of the worst feelings anyone who has used stimulants ever has is that feeling from um, coming down from a stimulant, not a, not, a, not a high, but an effect and you slowly feel your stomach creeping back into your brain. Um, like that's really scary because even for people who, you know, are used to it or have been taking it their whole lives, like people use Vyvanse or any of the stronger, you know, stimulants, it's, it's a hard thing to think about when you're like, oh my God, I, you know, my body is a thing and I'm mistreating it. Um, recently I've kind of had that same experience with Adderall. Um, just a lot of like, I'm on a come down right now and I'm starting to feel my stomach like come into mind again. It's very sickening feeling. Um, you don't want to eat yet though, which sucks. So that kind of, I'd say sums it up. I, my relationship with food, it's either I'm an athlete or I'm binging and I'm not eating and I'm binging and I'm not eating. Um, and then like over time, how has your relationship to food changed or has it? Um, it used to be casual as a kid. I was just eating. You just have, it's just something. It's it's a schedule. It's, a, it's something you do because everyone else does it. Um, and then slowly, as you get older, like ten or eleven, you're like, oh, I have to eat because I'm hungry, or I eat because I like. It. It's the healthiest food has ever been with my relationship with it. It's been as an athlete, and I'd say that's how it is now, or at least I try to keep it. Um, it's it's like it's a very hard thing to upkeep because you're kind of disassociating from your mental relationship with it and just kind of forwarding like I have to eat to keep on weight I have to eat to make sure I can do what I need to do tomorrow um and that's really hard and that's just kind of how it is right now for me so I'd say I'm doing the athlete thing more um but you know it it went from like eating as a schedule eating because you enjoy it or you don't like it and then there's usually a moment in like people with eating disorders experience with food where there's kind of just like a detachment from it or like a psychological point, I guess, where it just becomes something else. And I think that's really hard for a lot of people to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At what point did you kind of recognize that your, um, like your habits in terms of eating or working out or your relationship to your appearance was unhealthy? Um... So I, I I don't think we've detailed this like that what like specifically I have an issue with like when it comes to food. Just to make it clear for everyone, I used to purge. Some I haven't done it in a while. I relapsed in a bit. I you know used to be very light. I was you know not eating in order to be light. I just didn't want to eat, um, and it was affecting my body negatively. Um, and then I binge eat and that's about it so um around sophomore year actually so freshman year I was doing me I was doing whatever so at the end of freshman year I was medicated for the first time I was on SSRI one of the more like intense ones with a larger withdrawal so I stopped taking it right when you know I shouldn't have and at that moment I kind of was like holy shit and my relationship with food fell apart and having that, those like feelings of withdrawals just completely blew my schedule out of the water. But sophomore year, I was going into varsity year as an athlete. And um, at the time, there was a competition, so a weight class. And I was lightweight, so that means you have to be 
under 150 pounds at the time of competition, but it was a part, it became a part of my MO, if you will, that, you know, that I was light, you know, I was one of the lighter guys on the team. And, you know, that wasn't a choice. I wasn't starting myself to be a lighter guy on the team. You know, I was 148 pounds for a guy that's like six foot. That's, that's pretty light. And, you know, it's, it was hard because now that I had, there was a name to it and I was in a part of a group and I, you know, there are some people in that group as well. You know, they weren't supposed to be 150, 160 pounds. And they're like, they should be like 170 pounds. It was kind of like, and that's kind of how my kind of issue with it started. Not because of, you know, me wanting to be like them, but me wanting to make it clear to the coaches and to, you know, my competitors, the guys in the same weight class that I was natural, but I could still go lighter and still be better than them. Yeah. How would you describe the psychological effects that I guess some people don't think about that an eating disorder will have on somebody? For me, it's never been an active part of my life. Like I know it's a centerpiece to some people's mental health and some people's like home lives and some people's issues and how people experience like their reality. But for me, it's never been that way. It's never been something I think about. Um, It's never been like a worrying thing about my mental health. It's never been anything really. It's kind of just been a result from just things in my life. The most I've ever had like a consequential experience with it is with my sport and, you know, being able to function. So if I was doing things that, you know, weren't healthy or you pertain to the disorder, whatever they were, um, you know, they'd make me perform less and by consequence that I'd, you know, not do as well. It's never been like a mental health thing. It's never me thinking about, oh, I have this or, oh, I hate this or, oh, I have to do this or why am I like this or why is this thing I'm doing or participating in? It's always like I'm dealing with the consequences of it and that's what makes me angry. Not mentally, it's always physically. It's always like I can't get out of bed. Um, Like why is my body doing this to me? I think that's kind of where my case kind of differs a little bit, but yeah, it's not about me. It's just kind of there, very disconnected from it, very disassociated from it. Grounded in reality, I'd say. Like, I'd say, like, instead of thinking about it like, oh, they just puked themselves and it's learned to just self-harm. For me, it's always like, he just puked. Like, that was it. Like, he just yacked. Or I just yacked, you know? It's not like, um, it was never deeper and there was never a second level to it. Um, like if anything, like if the most I could ascribe to it, it was that when I was purging, it, it just made me feel clean, kind of like just out of the shower feeling, but on the insides. Um, and that I felt that was very addicting. Um, it was something that just was like, yeah, this feels nice. And it was weird. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Yeah. Um, What would you say to somebody that is, like, currently struggling with really any kind of eating disorder? um, It's not that deep. (laughs) Yeah? That's that's what I would say. Um, To all the people I've talked to already who have these issues, um, it's it's very clear that it's it's a part of a, a feedback loop with their brain and their, you know, their self-talk and their inner monologue and how they one talk to themselves in their head, how they think about themselves, how they look at themselves in the mirror. Um, and more importantly, just habit. I feel like in the end, you know, whatever you're doing to yourself, you're doing it to your body. You only get one of those and it's, it's scary. And after a while you're going to realize, you know, this isn't working. You know, this isn't happening. This is not good. You're going to slowly open your eyes, I guess, and see that your body isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing, right? And the biggest thing for me, I'd say, is that telling myself it's not deep, um, it's one of the ways I deal with the majority of my problems in my life. Um, it, it removes the emotional context of it, that you kind of have to disassociate from it and look at it from a third-person perspective you have to step out of your body and be like, okay, so you're doing this to yourself, whatever it is, right? 
and you're going to look at yourself and say, are you functioning or are you working or is your body working right? Could you be functioning better? Um, I think is something that you have to think about because you can change it. You can make it worse. You can make it better. It just doesn't have to be the way it is right now. Um, and more importantly, you deserve for it to be better as everyone does. You should just work towards that. Yeah, so on top of the minimal discussion there is um, going on about eating disorders among teens, I feel like we really don't hear enough about how it can affect boys and how it can affect athletes because they're two, you know, really susceptible groups to body image issues and eating disorders and things like that, but I feel like we don't really see them in that frame a lot. So I hope you found that interview as insightful as I did. And next I talked to Jaden, who, so among like everything else she said, she had some really interesting insights about um, uh, ED treatment facilities. I didn't know pretty much anything she told me about before I heard about it. So, uh, yeah. Okay, I'm Jaden. Um, I'm 17 years old, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. How old were you when you first became like, conscious of the way you looked um and and started thinking about it as like like I'm a person I have a body and people perceive it like okay that's that's I guess that's like a difficult question because for me with my experience with like what I've gone through with my eating disorder I guess it's been like I never felt like perceived so when like that has been my issue with like if I don't look in a mirror or I look in like the bottom right of like a Zoom call, I'll forget what I look like. Like I know like I'm a white woman, you know, blonde hair. Like I know what clothes I'm wearing, but like sizes and like physical features, I'm not aware of. It's like body dysmorphia. Okay, so, that's So like I just don't remember what I look like. Like I couldn't, so online shopping for me is really difficult because I don't know if I am a large because I'll compare myself. I compare myself so often to everything and everyone that it starts to, you're just left with a lot of what ifs. You're not left with any certainties anymore, if that makes sense. And I guess that was made aware to me when I was in like sixth or seventh grade. How has your like body image been impacted by like people around you, the media? Like what what has impacted your body image really? Definitely family. Um, definitely family and close toxic friends growing up. So one thing that is always on my mind, first like whenever I eat anything, this memory always plays in my head. And um I was friends with a girl, they both did gymnastics, and when you're younger, you don't realize that other friends do other things that are physical, like how one would think now, oh, you know, I don't look like how this physical trainer looks because I don't work out four hours a day. I sit in my room and walk, like, once a week. Um, but she she did gymnastics and I remember her and another girl and they were both like look at look at my thigh gap like I wish it was bigger and they put their legs together and it was just like bone because growing up in gymnastics I know it can be very competitive and there's a lot of eating disorders within gymnasts and things like that but I remember looking down at my legs and me not having a thigh gap so I guess that was like the first time I started to like compare myself to people because the habit that being around that one girl, she made me be in that habit. And I know I can't really blame, I'm not blaming her for anything, but it, it was kind of like conditioning or a habit I couldn't break. Uh, definitely social media, um, something that I don't think is really brought up enough is if an outfit is a good outfit or it just looks good because it's on a skinny person. Um, and I'll realize a lot of the models they're putting like on their pages are like skinny. And when they don't like an outfit, they're typically a person with like a normal 
wait for their height. And it's very typical in society to see skinny people be portrayed as very pretty and anyone else that doesn't fit that to be ugly. Yeah, so how would you describe your relationship with food? Um, how has it kind of changed over time? Okay, so food and I, you know, we go way back. Food, food issues um, didn't really appear in my life until late, late middle school or early high school when I realized I was actually able to control what I ate. Um, something that I think about a lot, maybe this is just me, but I feel like little kids always have to ask their parents like, hey, can I, can I eat this? Can I have a snack? And I guess I got to that age where I didn't have to ask anymore. Like I could have like midnight snacks and no one would like tell me to go to bed. Um, and I guess I started to take those away from me. And I started to realize that change. And I realized I had control. This year I had some, or 2019, I went through two pretty traumatic events in my life. And that kind of triggered a lot of things to um, make my eating disorder grow. And I went to uh, a residential treatment facility for that, which if you want like an explanation, there's like inpatient where you go and you don't really have like a say in things. Like you, you have to eat. And um, with eating disorders, there's a lot of uh, feeding tubes involved and um, it's it was intense it wasn't helpful in all honesty it really it made things worse for me and that environment of um, it was just a bunch of kids with eating disorders maybe like 12 of us we all lived on one floor and eating with a bunch of kids with eating disorders in in all of our heads no one wants to get better it's not really easy to be like all right it's time to gain weight might be something in someone's head and it was competitive to see who couldn't eat the most you know and it was just a very bad environment and food instead of thinking i'm hungry I lost hunger cues. So, you know that feeling when you're, you're, you might be really bored, you might be just like hanging out or something, um, and you can't tell if you're hungry or you're thirsty and you're kind of uncomfortable, and you're like, man, do I need to do something? Maybe watch a movie? Um, when that is your only sense of when dinner time is around and that's how you feel it can be really that's what triggers like anxiety and things like isolating yourself and pushing friends away um that feeling is what i feel all the time with my eating disorder because my brain hasn't allowed me to feel comfortable with saying okay i am hungry so just starting with it's not like the food on the plate it's just getting there it's a really big really big thing that I have to face every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That but, is yeah. so interesting. I mean, that's really insightful because like other people have talked about, this is a little bit off track, but like other people um, who I talked to about this have talked about like this feeling that you get, um, you know, it's basically like this rewarding feeling when you feel hungry. I, I definitely know what, what that feels like. I know that, um, I'm not trying to give people ideas or anything. Right. And I don't think I am by saying this, but I just feel like I'm gonna go into detail. So like, I feel like this entire episode would be a trigger warning. So I'm a very competitive person and the only person on my level is me. That's the only person who I know that I don't know if I can win or lose. So things that I do that like, along with an eating disorder is like, I won't follow like safety guides on like i'm looking at like my beauty products like i'll just be like oh it won't apply to me like, it's kind of like the rebellious thing as a teenager but i've been doing it ever since i was little we're like no it just won't apply to me just like testing things and with an eating disorder you can train yourself to forget i i train myself to forget about food if i surrounded my if i was social enough 
mainly when I was the most social, I was at my worst because I could do, I could be like, oh, I'm hungry. Anyway, what were we just talking about? Distract myself. It's just a lot of distractions. And the more I distracted myself, that felt more rewarding than feeling hungry. I don't know, but I understand that. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that's like, that's all really interesting. Um, so like, when did you, if you had a realization, when did you have the realization that your relationship with like body image, food, exercise, any of that stuff was becoming or already was like unhealthy? I guess when people pointed it out to me, you might know it's bad for you, but you can start to accept things as your norm. Or you might not even accept it as a bad thing because like I would, I would over exercise and I, I would not feel bad after that. I felt in my head, I felt great. It was like you said, rewarding. Um, but when other people pointed it out to me, um, there's a scene in Scrubs or not Scrubs, Skins, where they were one of the girls explains how she like covers up how she hides her eating disorder and watching like there's a lot of i grew up watching america's next top model but uh a lot of shows so that's ties into social media i guess but when people started to point out things that i could recognize in like tv shows and that when people were giving me advice that i would give to another person if i saw what they were doing to me that's when it started to click in my head because i could it's something you can hide it's something a lot of people hide and um it's when it starts getting noticeable you start to feel the anxiety and the worries of mainly not yourself but how it would impact the people around you because you don't want you want to continue it because it, it helps you be happy even if it's really not making you happy um you don't want it to affect other people it it's something that like all diseases you never want to spread it and it's something that can be easily spread if you're not really conscious of what you're doing that was one of <laughs> the most intelligent things i've ever heard anyone say okay. <laughs> jesus <Thank> christ <laughs> um fuck yeah <laughs> yeah um oh, i have a notebook somewhere that I wanted to bring. Sure. I had a journal that I I had to write in while I was at the hospital. So I have a lot of like the, the like the things that we would have to focus on because when you when you go to like residential, you never realize how how much reflecting you have to do and how much it is like actually caused and it can go back years that you don't even know. So a lot of the things that we had to write about was like your like your values because when you the process of going through a meal you don't think about okay bite by bite <clears throat> something that i was told to do was think about like who do i want to do this for like is who is each bite for so i would maybe think about my little brother or my cousin and i'd be like i'd want them to eat like i i need to start to do that to myself for myself and like your core beliefs like we have to talk about our core beliefs a lot so like we have an example of like a random person and um the core belief was like she believes she's incompetent she's like not good enough not smart enough just not enough and there were like conditional assets so it like creates challenges you try to put yourself in the shoes of that person and you're taught to analyze all of these fictional characters and i'm one of those people where i'll be in class and i'll be like this doesn't apply to me like whatever you're gonna say about mental health i've heard it before it's just like a saying at this point um but by getting in the habit of like doing all of these different like situations and like emotions and like going through all of those you start to do it to yourself so like therapy actually works for anybody wondering therapy actually works you just gotta give it time it'll trick you at one point or another <laughs> that is so cool i'm i'm so glad you talked about that because i like 
I mean, literally exactly what you said. Like, I think a lot of people kind of go into it like that, where they're like, fuck this shit. Like, this isn't going to work for me. It's not, like, that's not who I am and you're not going to change me. And then eventually, like, um, and even just you were saying, like, the way that you reflected on it for yourself is if I saw somebody that I cared about doing this themselves, I would feel so, you know, horrible seeing them do this because I care about them. And so it's really hard to turn it on yourself and it's really hard to say, well, it's me, you know, but... Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a lot with, like, surroundings. I don't know. It's it's crazy to think about. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you already talked a little bit about, like, what recovery, um, just in, in the frame of, like, being um, at a recovery center is like, but what has recovery as, like, an entire process kind of been like for you? Recovery for me has been a lot of realizing that I'm able to trust myself because your eating an eating disorder is in, in your head like a lot of people will call it their ED voice um, but like it's my voice and I just have to learn how to be nicer to myself you know and it's just taken it's I've been out of the hospital for like about, I was there in like March. It's been like six months, almost almost a year. Um, it's taken me since it, September. September is when I actually started to, to be responsible and realize that I'm, I can take care of myself. And like, it's more beneficial to take care of myself than it is to, to deprive myself for a while, and I feel like a lot of people could relate to this, but for a while, I felt like the only way I could go was backwards. Like, this is where I am, and all I want to be is nothing. Like, all I want is nothing. Um, and, or all of the goals in my head, like, I would have a goal weight every week and try to lose X amount of pounds, X amount of whatever, within the next week. and it's not very good and um, what I was saying was like going backwards you don't have to keep going it, it sounds so cliche to say but when when you realize that you you're capable of being more than nothing you know if you feel shitty because you're not who you were and your friends tell you you've changed which is something that can really impact somebody and like if you're in high school just take it as a compliment if you're the same as you were in freshman year, you're probably not someone I talk to anymore, <laughs> you know? Like, but there, you're able to go forward. It's a process, dude. And people always tell you that and you never realize it. But once you realize you're in the process, you're already halfway there. Like you're already making so much further of like improvements than you would if you kept accepting it as your norm, you know? And I, yeah, I guess just like responsibility was the main word from that. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, what would be like one or two things you would say to somebody who's struggling with an eating disorder right now, if you could talk to them directly? This isn't related to food, but if something makes you happy, like I'm not trying to encourage bad behaviors, but if something, like if you love to paint, if you love to like go on runs, I don't know, if you just love to do something, start to do it more. Even if it's like kind of a hassle to like get your bike out of the garage or bring it up from downstairs, I don't know. Like if it's a, if it's a process to do something and you're not looking forward to the process, just do things that make you happy. Um, and like by that, like find, Find your values and what you what you wake up and you're happy about in your life. So I was I woke up every day happy I had a little brother. Spent more time with him, saved my life, saved my life. And same with my my older cousin, you know, missed him. He lived so far away and that really took it out of me. Then I just started to call more and it felt a little bit better. Um, and I guess another thing I would say is 
you're not indestructible forever. When you're not indestructible forever. Whatever is making you thinner, whatever is helping you lose numbers, it, 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 it will kill you. It, when I went when I went to residential, I had heart palpitations at 14 years old because my body couldn't produce enough of anything to have rhythm, and I had an 80% chance of having a seizure if I did if I wasn't checked in within that month because I there are nutrients you're not aware of that are in food that you can you'll start to see over time actually affect you and like I don't know take a reality check every now and then I have so much advice just talk to me whoever whoever wants advice can just talk to me <laughs> yeah that's like I mean I I fuck dude like this is seriously I am so happy I had you on. Anyway, the last question is kind of cheesy but I wanted to just include it at the end because okay, you know, girl. again rough subject but um I wanted a happy ending. So just what are three things that you have learned to appreciate about yourself that you are like very thankful for about yourself? Girl, I thought it was going to be like what's your favorite food? And I was <laughs> <laughs> that was not a happy ending. <laughs> that was not the happy ending I needed. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, I guess I have a really good gut instinct. And um, with my eating disorder, I was kind of fighting that a lot. With the eating disorder, it's all in your head. Um, something you convince yourself or other people, your environment has kind of, you've adapted to. Like, grandmothers on like diets all the time moms that are on diets all the time things like that um or like parents who are chefs that are like all into calories and stuff um but with the going through the worst parts of my eating disorder i remember being so indecisive that i would disassociate and i would go weeks on end where i i felt like i was in a dream i felt anything was possible this was like disassociated manic and i could do anything i was drinking all the time but my gut instinct was always telling me not to and i always wish that i i listened to that i could have gotten myself out of so much so much shit so much shit but that's something my gut instinct um i give people the benefit of the doubt a lot um if I can be very understanding, um, I'm one. I'm all for second chances, and I feel like I can be empathetic um, with like whatever the situation is. I feel like now I've gotten back a lot of the empathy I had when I was like a kid, um, and you know that's the empathy I've always been like sad that I didn't have anymore. But it's. <clears throat> by surrounding myself with good people who I want to empathize for helped a lot. But yeah, everyone's the shit. I'm the shit. You're the shit. My mom's the shit. Everyone's the shit, you know? Everyone just has to remember that. Everyone just has to remember that. <laughs> my mom. Yeah, you Yes, of everybody. <laughs> everybody. Right. We all, bottom line, we all deserve to be kind to ourselves. Yeah. Because when yeah. you start there, it's much easier to be kinder to other people. You're not selfish for caring about yourself. Yeah, guys, in conclusion, please be kind to yourself, please. Um, it sounds cheesy and shit, but it's so, so, so hard to treat other people well when you're mistreating yourself and, and you do deserve self-love. Um, and all I'll say is that, like, at, at a certain point, you can become so consumed by this obsession with attaining a completely unattainable standard, because that's what it is. Um, and especially if you think that, like, the rules don't apply to you because you can control yourself and, like, you can stop whatever you want. The more that you feel in control and the more that you try to take control... Um, and, you know, the more that you restrict your food and, and take things away from yourself, the more that your body is deteriorating and the more that your hormones are, like, becoming imbalanced and you, you just spiral out of control. So, 
it really isn't, you know, it's not a diet, it's not a challenge that you're giving yourself for a certain amount of days, it's an illness, and it's so, 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 so hard to recover from, um, and the last thing I'll say, um, is that you have people that love you, and they really, really, really want you to be healthy, and they want you to take care of yourself, and no one, no one's love for you is dependent on how you look, no matter how you look, these people want you to look after yourself the way that you deserve to, and as long as you're doing that, you are, you're perfect, you're beautiful, you're attractive, you're amazing, um, you're everything that anyone could ask you to be, and more, so, yeah, I don't know, um, as always, thank you so much to everybody that talked to me and did an interview for this week's episode. I appreciate you all so, so, so much, especially for opening up about this topic. Um, thank you for listening, and until next week, guys, seriously, take care of yourself, please. Um, I love you. <laughs> Bye. If you want to include this, whoever has, like, an eating disorder and mainly uses nic nicotine a lot sure a lot of people know this but i used to supplement it for meals because it makes me feel full people just do that don't do it just don't do it. it gets you more addicted it's harder to quit and you can't you can't just be full off of metals you know <laughs> then you just can't Thank you.